Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of an episode. It's been about a week and a half or since we recorded. Um, a little bit of a break in the season for the Kings. Got a couple games canceled and we just kind of wanted to wait through this fun win streak before we came on to talk. So we're excited to be back today. Um, if you're looking for anything Kingscast, you can find our entire show catalog streaming wherever you find your podcast. Bringing my co-host today as always, Ryan. What's good? What's going on? Excited to be back. It's been a minute, um, but it's been a very good week to be a Kings fan. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed these last four games. Um, I will admit, though, last night... Um, I got busy. I had work and stuff, and um, I missed my first Kings game of the year. And you know, out of the last four games, I think I picked the right one to miss. You know, I uh, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure that I will watch the rest of the games out there. I might, you know, I, I was I was really shooting for in the beginning of the year. Like a big goal of mine this year was really to not miss a Kings game. Um, I don't think I've ever done that to where I've watched all 82 games. And I figured, you know, with 72, might as well give it a try. And um, so I failed, but. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to be back. It's going to be good. We got some good topics, and uh, yeah, let's get to it, bro. Dude, the other day you said I, I totally screwed up when they played. Um, was it was it the Orlando game? I don't know. It started like four o'clock, and yeah, I just yeah. did not. I did not realize I got no. I got zero notifications or anything. And then I look at my phone, and the first quarter is done. I'm like, oh shit! And like I threw the game on. So those East East Coast games they sneak up on you, but uh, a good couple wins for the Kings. And so uh, the last podcast we did, Ryan, it was coming off of pretty much. I would say. I'm going to go and say that might be – I'm going to predict that's probably going to be the most rough stretch for the Kings all season. Like, they were playing the worst fucking defense of all time. They are getting trashed. It was – everyone out there, all the haters, Ryan, all the people who were just rooting for the tank, rooting rooting against the Kings this season, we're, we're just loving it. You know, we're getting tagged in a lot of stuff, having to debate a lot of stuff. So, it, it, it was really great to have a good week and, and a lot of cool things happen. Um, you and I – We've we've we're not homers. We're not the homer take guys, but we've just been really optimistic going this season about the talent and really tr- wanting to see the Kings compete. That's been our biggest thing. Is we just want to see these guys together and compete. And we knew it's going to take a lot of games and there's going to be up and downs this season. So, kind of cool to have a bounce back podcast today. And it, it's always better on Kings Cast and Kingsland when the Kings win and they're playing well. You know. Yeah. So real quick, you said you're predicting that this is the worst. That was the worst stretch. They started three and one, correct? And they were five and eleven before the three game win streak. So they went two and nine. 
right? Like that, that's probably as bad. I, I would have to agree with you. I think that's as bad as they're possibly going to play, especially like it's, it's just really been encouraging. Um, you know, jump, I'll jump to Buddy Heald real quick. Okay. I, I don't think we were planning on topic talking about him too much, but you know, me and you, we did the, the episode, the defense of Buddy Heald. And we have been in Buddy's corner since day one, right? We really, we truly believe that Buddy and Darren Fox can take that step like they have the last four games. Um, we believe that they can do that consistently. And Buddy got off to a real, real bad shooting start to the season. Like really, really bad. And um, on top of it, the Kings are the worst defensive team in the history of the world. And those, you know, stuff just started stacking up against him. But I really think these after these last four games, Buddy's back, dude. His his shooting has been phenomenal. Um, statistically, defensively, he's not as bad as people think. Um, you know, for me, Buddy's really passed the eye test this year. Effort-wise, um, you know, all that talk about his attitude and not wanting to be here, everything that I've seen from Buddy Hield is he 100% wants to be here. He wants to win. He competes. He came into the season looking good. He put on some, some, some size and um, – I'm just really happy for him, dude. That's something that, you know, not a lot of people talk about is, is, you know, when Buddy's bad, people love to hate on him. But when he plays well, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. And uh, I, I really want to start the pod- podcast off by saying that. Yeah, it's not even a tutor or a horn. It's just as a, as a fan, you want to see the guy do well, dude. 22 points last night, 29 the game before. Dude, seven, for, seven three-pointers against Orlando, Ryan. Five three-pointers yeah. against... Was it the Heat or the Raptors? I mean, my God, dude, he's he yeah, is he's second. Fucking... He's second in the league in three pointers made behind Steph Curry right now. I, I like watching it. It's it's fun, man. I I it's, I love it when Buddy uh, gets open. There's a funny somebody put a poll. If you're not on Kingsland on Facebook, join our group. Someone put a poll in there, Ryan, and it was like it, it you know these if someone's gonna take the last shot, make a play. Who do you oh, want I to be? I'm that. like, bro, I'm going to go with the best three-point shooter on the squad. And, and everyone's like, well, <laughs> I want Halliburton. I'm like, oh, you know, you guys just love him so much. You love Halliburton. Yeah. You guys are loving that so much, man. They, lo- <laughs> they, love, they love to love Halliburton. And let's, all right, let's jump into that because I know we did plan on talking about this. Okay? Yeah, so, let's, we can talk about that. Yeah. Okay, so Halliburton, okay, uh, good player, good instincts. He's passed the eye test so far. Um, the, the one thing that bugs me, okay, about Kings fans and the whole Halliburton thing, which I'm ecstatic he's here, man. I, I do think he's going to be a good player. Um, seems like a good kid and stuff, but the one thing that really aggravates me, dude, is he's a future all-star. He's going to, he's the next all-star and it's like, okay, guys, we need to pump our brakes. Okay. Pump your brakes and don't put these unrealistic expectations on the guy 20 games into his career. You know, we've got people calling for him to start over Buddy Heald right now. And I, I don't think that's I, that's not right at all, okay? Um, I think part of the reason why Halliburton is succeeding to the level that he is is because of the situation that he's put in. You know, he's coming in off the bench. He's playing a lot of minutes with the starters. He closes out the games, and they, they put that lineup with Fox, Buddy Heald, Halliburton, Barnes, and Holmes out there. And, you know, he's getting put into good situations where he doesn't have to be a primary ball handler, and he doesn't have to be a scorer. Okay? So that's something that's really helping Halliburton succeed. If you guys see, I saw a lot of people talking shit last night about Halliburton inb- inbounding the ball. Right. I, you know, I know I missed the game and stuff, but I saw a lot of stuff and I went and recapped whatever Halliburton passed the ball in to end the game. And um, a lot of people were upset about that. And what people got to realize is uh, that's a huge thing that they trusted Halliburton to come out there and inbound the ball. Right. Like, so like people are so caught up in what well, should have been his shot. No, it shouldn't have. He's, he's not a top, 
He's not even a top five scorer on the team. It shouldn't have been that guy. Um, but that's the situations that I'm talking about right there where Luke Walton's putting him in a position to succeed. Hey, we trust you take this ball out to make the right pass. And um, I really think that that's been huge for Halliburton so far. So everybody just sit back and just enjoy it. It's okay that Halliburton comes off the bench as a 20-year-old. That's okay. Like, that's a, that's a very positive thing. Like, you, you know, if, without Halliburton on our bench, our bench would be putrid. Right. Like we literally we have, in my opinion, we have the worst bench in the league. And, you know, without Halliburton on there, it would be even worse. So, uh, yeah, just pump the all star breaks, you know, pump the all star um, games back, uh, pump the rookie of the year stuff back. OK. And, and just let the guy play let and, and enjoy it. That's it. Just enjoy it. The great thing about Halliburton is, is that. Uh, his playmaking is real. And that's one thing that I, it, it, last year we were so, it, it, I feel like sometimes we come on here because we take the anti-take of people and, and the anti-take is sometimes what we, we consider like the, the real, the real take, you know, and, and, and last year everyone was, Oh, bogey, such a great playmaker. And he, and it's like, he, he really wasn't like, he really wasn't. Right. And, and when he got in the starting lineup, he didn't elevate his numbers or didn't elevate his play at all. So I, I've said at the beginning of the year, like Halliburton, his playmaking is what everybody wanted to believe that Bogdanovich's playmaking was. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's good to see when you have a guy who can handle the ball like that, because really, Buddy Hill, that's not his skill set. They needed a guy to handle the ball, they needed another guard who could drive and dish and as a threat to score. And so, like, that element is, is great. And it's, it's one of those, um, you know, I would say fundamental, you know, things of King's cast, where one of our staple sayings is, is that, um, you know, putting guys in positions to succeed that we believe in sports. That's a key thing. I, we talked about it last year with other players, Ryan. We used, I used a football analogy. I was thinking about this when you're talking about how, like in the end, cause we're big, we're big football fans, you know, and like in NFL, it's like asking Lamar Jackson to run a spread, you know, dotting people up. You know, you, you, they ask him to run because that's what he's really fucking good at, you know. And, and, and same with Peyton Manning. You know, I, I ask Peyton Manning to run the speed option. So the same thing you, you don't do in basketball. You don't ask guys like like Buddy Hill to go handle the ball and do all this stuff. And you don't, and you don't ask Halliburton to carry 40 minutes because what you're seeing is not, may not be what you get. And, and that's where the thing is. I, I big box score looker. Every, I'm a big box score guy. I, every game I like to look at box scores. And if you look at Halliburton, dude, he has struggled in some of the games. There was a game he had two points, five points. So, like, there's still a lot of kinks the guy's working out. It's going to take him a long time. Uh, another thing that we always say is it takes, it takes three to five years for these rookies that are coming so young to really be able to carry, carry heavy minutes and then have those minutes translate to wins. Even De'Aaron Fox has these games where – you still struggle. Everyone does. And it's your four for Fox too, right? Like, is yeah, you're three or four, right? And uh, yeah, you're four. And, you know, like look at Jared Fox. He's now starting to hit that stretch. You know, he did a little bit in the bubble last year, but he's now starting to hit that stretch where he's consistently, you're going out there and you're like, all right, if Darren Fox doesn't have, you know, 20 to 23 tonight, like there's, that's an issue, you know? So it's going to take Halliburton some time, especially because I don't think Halliburton is a pure scorer. Um, that is that has been my one thing that people people have to realize when it comes to all star games, it's all about your scoring average, right? Like, if you average eighteen points a game as a guard, like Buddy Heald, you know, is most likely going to do, and what he's been doing the last few years, you're not going to get in the all star game, you know. And um, it, it, it people like flashy, 
you know, people like to see that box score with 35 a game like Bradley Beal. They don't care if they're winning games or not, as long as you put up that number. Um, so that's going to be Halliburton's. Um, that's my one thing looking forward, you know, is I want, I want people to take a real look and be really honest about what he is. He's a playmaker who's playing defense, who can ball handle. Um, he, he's, he's very smart, dude, and, and that's been a real plus. But uh, I really believe that Halliburton is playing so well just – plainly off of the situation that Luke Walton's put him in. And, and you got to applaud Luke. You know, a lot of people hate on him. A lot of people want him fired and stuff, but you have to agree with the way that he's handled Halliburton so far. It's everything's worked out. I'm taking a look at the all-star things. The funny thing, Ryan, cause I'm taking a look and it reminds me of uh well, it doesn't remind me. I should say, I guess it's of how you're saying like all-stars are, are tough, dude. A couple of years ago, like Damian Lillard was averaging like 26, 27 points a game, like 2016, 2017. He didn't even make the all-star team. 26 points a game, dude. That guy's a beast. So I don't know. Those things aren't really the focus, you know, and that's where right now Kings fans, I think you uh, channel your focus to, to the things that are like realistic and in front of you and, 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 and cheer for that, you know, this crazy, these crazy takes. I don't think they're real takes. I don't know how much we need to continue on it. Uh, you know, I'll give credit to Ryan Jameson, Ryan, who per, he, he participates in the Kings language. Yeah. I like that guy. He's a solid yeah, he, guy. He put a good post the other day. And I, I'm glad I remember this. I wanted to bring this up. And he said at the beginning of the season, like a lot of the topics of conversation were, uh, you know, we want to see Bagley get out there and play. We want to see Darren Fox to this level. We want to, you know, and he names all the key, the key topics. And, and he, kind of translated to well every one of these are kind of they're kind of moving along here and they're kind of happening so like it seems like kings fans are they you know you want to move to the next thing to bitch about but really the the last the last week's been great and like you said buddy hield and even some of these guys ryan the writers you know they they uh they you know i follow them just to see what the chatter is and you know they're like oh Harrison Harrison Barnes playing really well and like he's solid and Buddy Hill has playing been playing really well last couple weeks solid and these guys are still in their twenties still locked up and and instead of like a fuck yeah man Kings are like getting it they're getting it together right now like there's there's some cohesiveness like maybe we should try like keep rooting for this team to compete the take coming out of it is well these guys trade value has never been higher that's what they take from it right we need to trade them and I'm like oh dude just just root for, root for them to just yeah. have some continuity throughout the season and see what happens, man. You, you know what that is? You know what that is? That's a that's the loser's mentality that's been drowning this franchise for the last 15 years. And that is that is basically those writers have never covered a winning team. So they don't know how to act when a team is competing every night. You know, like I know they went on a two and nine stretch, but you know, there are eight and what, eight and eleven, eight and twelve right now. And you know, yeah, it's eight and twelve, but dude, they're only four games out of like the fifth seed or something like that. Like the season is very early, and they're starting to hit a stretch. And um, you know, the, you know, pretty much screw those people, dude. Like I, I don't understand how you cannot, you know, uh, cheer for your team to compete every night. Why is it? Why is it so bad for the for the team to go out there and compete every night? Why is that so bad? You know, it's not like Sacramento is risking their their uh, salary cap future at all um it, it's not like they're 
playing crazy veterans over their young guys because they're not because Marvin Bagley has started every game of the season Halliburton has played 26 29 minutes yeah yes and he's getting the run you know so like people's big thing is you know uh we gotta tank for that yeah that's so stupid dude the the young guys are playing okay the team is playing well De'Aaron Fox appears to take that next step why is it so bad to just let it roll and Hey, let's see how many games we can win. If we fall short, we fall short. But we know that we've made that next step and, and we're getting better as a team. And, um, you know, the biggest thing, dude, that, you know, Eric's always said, we're, you know, we're GM guys and stuff. And, you know, the best ability for a basketball team is is flexibility, bro. And Sacramento cap has a cap. Yes. And, and Sacramento has cap flexibility uh, moving forward. They really do. And, um, dude, it's just a good time. It's a good time. Let let these next 20 games until we get to the all-star break, dude. And and, and then if, if they fall out of it by then, all right, I'll jump on ship and I'll say, okay, it's probably time that we start losing some games and whatever. But like we said, give it to the all-star break. I, I think at this point, it is what it is. You can see it's not like this team has no pieces and it's broken and it's, they have, you know, they, oh God, they're desperate. Like realistically, the Kings just kind of keep doing what they're doing go into the offseason with cap space, make another draft with the same roster, really, and they can go out next year and it's they're competing. You know, they're gonna have they're gonna have the cap flexibility. Any any nerd GM out there like uh you you know like that like what's his name? Monty McNair that they got like dude he's so juiced about that because he you know these guys usually take over teams and they're locked up and they have to fucking do crazy stuff to get out of the cap. Um you know, I know you're putting in there like, okay, yeah, the Kings, the starting five is solid. I mean, the, the starting five is pretty good. I mean, they're keeping up with a lot of good teams if you're watching the games. Now, there's their, their deficiencies, you know, for sure. But the great thing is like two of the guys are fucking young as hell. And the other guys are, are you, you know, freaking buddy hill to Barnes, who who are 28 so, yeah they're not even that old dude and then yeah. holmes is playing holmes is having a great year i mean i know we we have he's having a great year offensively you know and and we can talk about that but uh the biggest problem i put in I, we've we've been talking about this is their bench right their bench is just good it's fucking awful you know and if i'd really believe we've said it a bunch of times if they said a couple bench players on on even in expiring deals i think it would be fun just to watch this team throughout the year you know, and I don't care about the fucking draft pick. I don't care. I, I just don't. I really don't. Because honestly, if if I would just trade it any, I'd be down to trade it anyway. <laughs> you know, but their bench, man, bench is whack. Yeah. So you know, you you brought up you know McNair and and how he came into a decent situation cap wise, right? Um, you know, the one the one thing that McNair his biggest trouble is Corey Joseph, right? We've talked about from the very beginning of the season, you just brought it up again. Sacramento's biggest problem is their bench. And I, I really believe they probably have one of the weaker benches in the league, if not the worst. And um, Sacramento needs to upgrade. They need to upgrade at that position. They need a scorer off the bench. Um, they need somebody better than, you know, Corey Joseph's six points per game. Um, you know, it's not like Corey Joseph is a, is a, uh, a Tony Allen defender. You know, he's not. Um, and, you know, there's a spot in the NBA for Corey Joseph. You know, I see a lot of people talk about, well, he's a great locker room guy. He's this. Yeah, you know, I, I probably, I don't know. None of us are in the locker room, so who really knows, honestly. Uh, but the guy's making $12 million a year. Okay, and, and going back to McNair, that's his biggest thing is, 
you know, you're paying him 12 million this year and you're paying him another 12 million next year because it's a player option. And that guy's going to, he's going to opt in. All right. Corey Joseph's not going to pass up $12 million. Okay. So it's going to be really interesting to see how McNair tries to get out of one more Vladi mistake. All right. Um, you know, me and Eric were talking about this contract last night and Eric brought up a good point that we've never really talked about on here is, uh, you know, a lot of people were really upset that McDonavich left and we got nothing for him. Right. Well, you know, Corey Joseph's getting paid $12 million a year, and, and what, what did Bogey get in Atlanta, right? Not very much more, 14 maybe $15 million. You know, so if, if we didn't have a guy like Corey Joseph taking that much money, you would, you would have been that close and that much easier to bring back Bogdanovich. So um, I just I – re- I wanted to bring that up because you brought that up the other day, and I never really thought about that, surprisingly. I don't know how, but um, just to put it into perspective, man, Corey Joseph is – <laughs> that's a lot of freaking money, dude. And, and that's a big thing. And I, I really hope McNair uh, can find a way out of it because um, he doesn't have a lot of trade value. And with that contract, nobody's going to take it. So it's going to take a miracle. It's, it's, it's really tough. And, and even, yeah, you know, we, we've said Bogdanovich, we weren't a fan of paying him that much money because we just didn't think he was worth that. But, you know, when you have cap flexibility, that's how the Hawks were able to get off doing it. They were able to do it because, oh, fuck it. We'll just do it for the short term, paying the short term. Well, two years, it, you know, when we have to extend people, he'll be gone anyway. The, you, it's easier pill to swallow when you have ultimate cap flexibility. But the thing is, is like a contract like that, it really, it could potentially be the difference between bringing back Rashawn Holmes this next year and not. It really Good. can. 100%. Or, for, or forcing 100%. the Kings to dump someone of value that they or not sign someone that of value that really could help them just because of a contract like that. I mean, it really is that the contract, the salary cap is that fickle, you know, and it's, it's, I don't think that they're going to get off of Corey Joseph's contract unless, unless they somehow, you know, you never know, dude, someone took, they took Dwayne Dedman's contract last year. I mean, people are high as fuck in the NBA. I don't know what they're doing. Taking Dwayne is Dwayne Dedman even in the NBA this year. Uh, I, I don't believe so. No. I mean, I mean, so if they were able to get Wayne Dedman off the books, I mean, they might be able. I mean, the Kings took they took Pat Kent Baseball's like nineteen million, and uh, Jabari Parker's fifteen million. So uh, yeah, they 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 ate some money back on it. But uh, you never know; they could potentially trade it. I mean, never say never. I never thought. You know, I learned my lesson last year. I think their best hope is to package it with Bealisa and the Kings match. If if I if I had like my dream scenario with that. It would be to package him with Bielisa and the Kings would match salaries and get a player in return or two who literally can play. The problem that we talked about the Kings bench right now, it's it's dwindling so bad, man. I mean, they really only have maybe eight guys. Glenn Robinson seems to be playing sometimes. and I mean, he didn't play last night at all. Kyle Guy got 16 minutes. That's how desperate they are. Kyle Guy would be in the G League right now if they actually had a G League team. You know, and, then, and then you have Corey Joseph, who we're talking about, zero points last night, dude. Zero points. So he's like, that, and then Whiteside seems to be on these minute restrictions. They're very, very thin on the bench. So that's the big thing. If they if they're able to package it and, and do that, you know, I I, I don't know. Uh, Whiteside though, hey man, Whiteside has been fun to see. I like watching that guy play, dude. I know a lot of people hate on him. And I think, you know, the thing is, he's hella big, Ryan. He's kind of big and lumbering. And so sometimes he does things because he's just so fucking big. I think it pisses people off that he's not quick and able to, like, physically, you know, make some agile moves. And people are like, oh, he, he, he got out-hustled. I'm like, yeah, dude, he's like seven foot, 300 pounds, though. And then he'll lead it up with a huge block. That guy, uh, very efficient, though. He's a very efficient offensive player. 
You know, he hit, he hits his free throws. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, six for six from the field the other day, you know, four for four last night. So, I mean, that's, he's a, he's a very efficient player. That's what the same as Rashawn Holmes, right? When you're, when you're going to buck is underneath the hoop, that's what's going to happen, you know? So, um, yeah, the Kings bench overall, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that they came into the year with such a thin bench. Um, I said, I think I said a couple episodes ago, Ryan, that I, I really think that the COVID situation really kind of screwed them over. And I think that they weren't aggressive because of the shortened off season that I I'm thinking that's why that they, that and the whole cap thing, I think they want to see what they had, but I can't imagine they're going to sit on this roster the whole year, dude. They're, they're one injury away from just having the thinnest team ever. Well, it's, it's, it's not going to happen, right? You got Jabari Parker who's sitting there who's going to be moved. Bielisa's going to be moved. Even if they have to, you know, e- even if they they give Bielisa away for literally like a uh, washer machine, like on semi-pro, dude, like Bielisa's gone. I, I truly believe um, there's a possibility that Whiteside could be gone. Um, so you're looking at the, there's, you know, there's a possibility Holmes could be gone. You know, when you have so many expiring contracts on a roster, dude, anybody's up for grabs, right? Like you have your core, you know, you have De'Aaron Fox. Outside of that, um, everybody else is expendable right now um, because of contracts and stuff. So it's, we'll see, man. This roster in a few months, in a month and a half, can be flipped and turned upside down. And especially if they're winning, dude, if they go on another, if they keep up this pace and they're winning, you know, three of four and they don't really have those big losing streaks, um, you can see a a little roster turnover. And um, this is the best time of the year, dude. I'm just really pissed. You know, usually the trade deadlines, like in like two weeks from now, uh, it's almost, you know, like the all-star games always like on my birthday weekend, dude. And it's the best time of the year. And like, usually I'm doing, NBA trade machine. I'm looking Bleacher Report rumors, all of the fun stuff, dude. And I'm kind of missing that, man. We got to wait. Yeah, we do have to wait. It's reminding me a lot of uh, this season is kind of almost in a weird way, kind of like last season in that I, I made a post. Uh, I think I talked about it last episode. Like the Kings last year had to before December 31st, you know, season starts in October. They started off like 0-5. They lost 9 out of 10 games at one point in December. Like it was pretty you know, much despair and the Kings second half season and their roster was so much different than the first half. So it's such a long season. That's why it's so hard to, to automatically, uh, you know, have these absolute uh, definitive opinions right now, because it's, it's so much changing, you know, and you have to celebrate the things, the good things. And then when the bad things come, you just kind of like hope you, you, you talk about them and you, you acknowledge them, but you, you wait for that pattern of behavior before you judge. One thing you talked about people being expendable. There was a quote that came out this week. Interesting quote, Ryan, from Rashawn Holmes, because Rashawn Holmes is going to be a free agent. And he said that he would love, he loves Sacramento and, and could see himself playing here. He said that could see himself playing here uh, long-term. That was kind of interesting that he said could, you know, could. Well, Do you think, yeah, people, I, I mean, the local media, man, they, they're not going to say anything about them. He did say could see himself. Well, play. but you think I, I, I bet he loves here. Do people chanted MVP? He only been here for like 10 games. I, I'd love it too. You know? Yeah. He's playing, you know, he's playing the best basketball of his career. Okay. I really, you know, last year he averaged like was 12.8 points and like seven and a half rebounds somewhere around there. And he's putting similar numbers up this year. He is in a little bit of a funk right now. Um, but he's putting up similar numbers. We're seeing the best version of Rashawn Holmes right now. 
Okay, what you're getting at 13, I think it's last time I checked, was 13.8 and 7.8 or something around there. Um, we're seeing the best version of Rashawn Holmes. And, um, you know, why wouldn't you want to stay here? If you're Rashawn Holmes and you're, you're on the court and you're, like, seeing how good Darren Fox is becoming, um, you know. And you're getting that role. Yeah, you're getting that role. You're the legit starting center. Um, and I, I don't know if he would start at center anywhere else, honestly. Um uh, you know, you're getting those minutes and, and you're playing the best basketball of your career. Why wouldn't you want to stay here? Hell yes. Um, but again, dude, it, Rashawn Holmes is what Rashawn Holmes is right now. So, you know, there's going to come a time where me and Eric have a podcast and it's going to be dedicated solely to Rashawn Holmes and what his value is. And um, I've already been seeing people throwing around 15 million a year and you're fucking high if you think Rashawn Holmes deserves 15 million a year. Um, but there might be a team out there that would pay Rashawn Holmes 15 years. So maybe that's where the could comes from. But um, we'll get to that later on. But yeah, I mean, dude, why wouldn't you want to be in sack, dude? You got young players around you. You're getting the minutes. You're getting the MVP chance, dude. Fuck it. I'd want to stay as well. Yeah, we've always said, man, you play well in Sacramento. Motherfuckers love you. Kings fans love, love you. you. If you just go a little bit hard, just a little hard, man. That's Kings it. Fans, That's it. Kings, Kings fans go crazy, man. Uh, so, well, Ryan, before we before we go, some of our favorite things this week, uh, just because we, you know, we kind of went on heavy on a couple different su- subjects. Um, Marvin Bagley, I, I, I'm, I'm active on social media right now while we're talking, and some stuff's coming out about uh, Marvin Bagley not playing in the fourth quarter. I, I think that that – that's such a weird thing to be focused about right now. Dude, you got to be happy about Marvin Bagley. Last night, there was a point I put out, like, Kelly Olenek could not st- – he could not guard Marvin Bagley. He was just – he was just taking him to the hole. He, he, his scoring, he, he's shooting really well, especially from the corner. I saw a stat today. Corner threes are really high. Um, his offensive game is becoming more versatile. Dude, he's not playing in the fourth quarter because uh, he fouls and – he could turn the ball over and they're just better off going in with guards who can handle the ball. I mean, that's pretty much it. If, if you think like if it, I, that's, what's crazy is making a big deal out of nothing right now. If you really think that Marvin Bagley in his career is never going to play in the fourth quarter. I mean, come on, it's going to come in time. Just some <laughs> patience, man. You know, I, the Marvin Bagley thing is, is like, dude, just, I'm so excited to see him play. And I, I'm nothing besides that. You know, I don't want to hear negative crap about him on the court and the nitpicking of him on the court. And I just want to, I wanted to touch on that one right there. What's something for you super excited about that you've been excited seeing? Oh, it's buddy healed. Finally coming alive. It took him long enough, right? Yeah. It's something me and me, we do. We did the whole podcast on the defensive buddy healed and you know, he came out and uh, you know, after all the shit that he got in the off season of all the fans, dude, talking shit about him. He doesn't want to be here. All this speculation that was surrounded him and for him to come out and, and show up in shape and uh, look like he put on size and you know, he, he's been engaged. You can say whatever you want. People don't think he plays defense. His defensive stats have been up. He's been hustling around. I'm, I'm fucking excited, dude. Buddy's buddy's playing well. He's second in the league in three pointers right now, dude. So um, I'm just, dude, I'm, I'm good for him, dude. Good for him. One guy I have to acknowledge is because early in the season, it was somebody that I was like, I, I was disappointed in last year. It was, it was Harrison Barnes because the Kings traded for Harrison Barnes at the end of the year, two years ago. So last year was kind of like his first full year and his, all of his numbers were down and it was kind of looking off season where it was like, Oh fuck man, did they overpay for this guy? Is he not going to live up? Dude, Harrison Barnes has been so crucial to the Kings this season. Um, that's just something I wanted. I wanted to acknowledge that, you know, just his three-point shooting I saw was really way above career numbers, which, you know, it's going to regress. But, 
I am excited about HP for sure. Yeah, and then, I mean, you can't forget about Darren Fox, right? Like, he's appeared to take that – the last four games, he's taken that next step. And, uh, you know, hopefully he continues to grow. And, uh, you know, he's shooting a decent clip from three-point. And, they, you know, if, if, my, if your biggest complaint on Darren Fox is his free throws, dude, I'll fucking live with it. Yeah. That's fine. Well, Ryan, you know, we got a couple- that's your biggest gripe about the guy in, in year four. We got a couple games. Like the Kings only play a couple games this week: Pelicans and Celtics until next Saturday. So we might catch people uh, after, probably after the Celtics games. So uh, I don't know, man. Kings land out there, you know. Just be excited. I, I hope. I hope that this taste of winning it, it, this last this last week's getting us excited for the season because I'm just excited when the Kings win, and it's always better in Kingsland when the Kings win. So, um, hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. Um, if you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can do so by tagging us. You can find me and Ryan on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. And as I mentioned, we're active on a number of Facebook groups, including our own, the Kingslands. And to stay up to date with the podcast, you can find us anywhere at Kingscast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.